is the Comedy Caravan, a rebroadcast for you men and women in the armed forces of the United Nations, starring Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore, with songs by Georgia Gibbs and music by Roy Bargey and his orchestra. The Bargey men opened the show with one of the season's top tunes. Hit it, Roy. Like any other American boy, he went to school. Just like any other American boy, he was kept in after school. But this afternoon, he was let out early enough to be here tonight. And here he is, Gary Moore. Well, thank you very much, Howard Petrie, you little chuck chuck you. And good evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to see you. I'm delighted that we have such an intelligent audience with us tonight. Madam. Oh, I've got the most wonderful riddle for you. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the difference between a war bond, a chiropractor, and a long neck? Oh, I don't know. Well, a war bond backs the attack, and a chiropractor attacks the back. Uh, what about the long neck? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that just goes to prove what I've always known about women. If they look old, they're young. If they look young, they're old. If they look back, follow them. If that's the way you carry on, Gary, it's no wonder you've got such big circles under your eyes. Oh, yes, I know about those circles, Howard. People tell me that from a distance, my nose looks like it's riding a bicycle. But I, I got those circles lying awake at nights, mulling over a scientific experiment I've had on my mind. But it's no use, Howard. I'm a failure. I am a failure. Well, what have you been trying to do? I wanted to be the first one to spell serotan sideways. <laughs> I'm joking, I, ha- I haven't slept a wink in a week, so tonight I've invited an expert on sleeping to visit me. He was recommended by one of the... Excuse me. Come in. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Moore? I'm the sleep expert you sent for. My name is W.B. Pajamas. W. W.B. Pajamas? What does the W.B. stand for? Without bottom. <laughs> no, I too was once a drowsy man, but now, just look at me. Do I look drowsy? Oh, 
Trousy is close enough. <laughs> but, Mr. Mr. Pajamas, I certainly hope that you can help me tonight. Well, let me ask you a question. When you sleep, do you dream? Oh, do I dream? Why, for weeks now, every time I've dozed off, I've seen nothing but elephants. Elephants and more elephants. My goodness. Have you seen a doctor? Yes. He was on one of the elephants. <laughs> Mr. Moore, you're obviously worried about something. You have no cause to worry. Your future is in the car. It's in the car? Yes. Here. Now, draw a card from this pack in my hand. What for? Well, if you draw a queen, that means you're going to get a beautiful girl. <laughs> if you draw a jack, you're going to get a lot of money. Well, now draw. All right. <clears throat> well, I drew a card with ten red spots on it. What's that mean I'm going to get? Measles. <laughs> oh, great, measles. No wonder people keep saying, what's that you've got on, your face? My hope, with my future assured, let's shift our attention to happier things, to that well-informed man, Jimmy Durante, in person. You gotta start off each day with a song. Now even when things go wrong, you feel better, you even look better. I'm here to tell you that you'll be a go-getter. Now the way that you shake my hand, well, tell me how I stand. Now, isn't it better to go through life with a smile and a song than walking around with a face 11 miles long? Now you know that you can't go wrong. Why, you just start off each day with a song. Oh, come you on, Jimmy. You start off each day with a song. Yeah, man. Tell him, tell him. Now, even when things go wrong. What a note. What a note. That note was taken away from its mother too soon. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jimmy, tonight you're as bright as a new penny. Why shouldn't I be? I spent the whole morning in my piggy bank. <laughs> it's great thoughts like that that will make a bum out of an old coward. <laughs> but, Junior, I just completed the most vital experiment in post-war planning. Speculation is rife and curiosity abounds. Huh? Yes. James, you certainly know the king's English. Yes, and the queen is English, too. Well, never mind that. What, what about this experiment? Well, as an experiment, I took over an airplane plant, and what do you think I did? What? I converted all the airplanes into washing machines. Huh? So yesterday, I threw my laundry into the washing machine and turned on the switch. Well, how were the results? I'm not sure, but the last time I looked, yes? my shorts were doing power dives over Pomona. <laughs> certainly are an industrious little character. Well, you know the old saying, all play and no work makes you, uh, very essential. Yes. <laughs> you see, even a genius must relax. So I decided to spend the entire weekend at the beach. So you decided to spend the entire weekend at the beach? Mr. Moore, that sounds strangely reminiscent of what I just said. <laughs> but to proceed, while lying on the beach nonchalantly... Sounds reminiscent. <laughs> A gorgeous bathing beauty begged me to have my picture taken with her. I agreed, and after the picture was taken, she thanked me and said she was going to send it to her boyfriend overseas, who was very jealous. But, Jimmy, if her boyfriend is jealous, why did she send him a picture taken with you? She just wanted to show him he's got nothing to worry about. <laughs> me, the pinup boy of the post office. <laughs> well, the beat certainly did you a lot of good, Jimmy. You've got a wonderful coat of pants. Yes, and if I had stayed out an hour longer, I would have gotten the pants, too. <laughs> I, I suppose <laughs> I suppose while there you, you indulged in some aquatic sports I was too muscle bound for that So I went swimming <laughs> I was doing the Australian crawl I was doing the Australian crawl Which I learned from a kangaroo of my acquaintance 
By getting bored, I started floating around with just my nose sticking out of the water. Suddenly, a battleship in the harbor started shooting off a cannon. Thinking it was a sloop to Durante, I smiled in return and floated on. But then the shells started falling all around me, so I yelled, Ahoy there, what's the big idea? Well, what happened? The captain yelled back, you might as well give up. We just sat at your periscope. <laughs> Could have thought me with a flying fish. <laughs> James, your propensity for skirting the periphery of playful peccadilloes is surmounted only by the chiroscurotic chromatics of your colorful career. Huh? <laughs> I'll take that to a chemist and have it analyzed in the morning. <laughs> but that is neither holly nor wood. Mm-hmm. This morning I was having breakfast with a nelk and an odd fella. The odd fella kept shoving the bacon in his ear. <laughs> when I got a call from Washington, it was the Secretary of the Navy calling. So taking the call on the poop deck, I said, hello. He said, Jimmy, you've got to help us figure out some way of conserving material on sailors' uniforms. So I said, Mr. Secretary, say no more. It's as good as done. And I hung up with alacrity. Well, Jimmy, did you finally figure out a way to save material on sailors' uniforms? Yes, but there's only one thing that still bothers me. What's that? Why do they use so much material in the bottom of their pants when they need it so badly a little higher up? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Durante always gets to the seat of the trouble. (laughs) I got my pulse on the finger of the nation. You certainly have. Are you you still flying back and forth between here and Washington? I used to fly back and forth, Junior, but no more. From now on, I'm staying on good old terracotta. The last time I went to Washington, I flew in a flying fortress, and I made a parachute jump from 40,000 feet. From 40,000 feet? Yes, but it wasn't a planned jump. Why not? Some wise guy wrote, gentlemen, on the Bombay doors. <laughs> now you know that you can't go wrong if you start off each day with a storm. Bargy in the orchestra now, and a Roy Bargy arrangement of It Had to Be You.
And that was Roy Bargain and his orchestra playing It Had to Be You. Or, as they say in Paris, Don Lenoui, La Bonne Chevin, La Tourne Touche. I chewed it. I chewed it in for nothing, you see. I speak free French. Yeah. <laughs> but going from the sublime to the sublemon. Let us call on Gary Moore. Tell me, Junior, what's the subject of tonight's lecture? Well, James, I... Well, I, I don't just know how to say this, but I'm not going to lecture tonight. Of course, you wouldn't know about these things, but I have been asked to grant a personal interview to a young lady from one of the nation's largest and most influential newspapers. Oh, the New York Times. You know, the South Chittling Switch Daily Itch. <laughs> it's kind of a scratch sheet. <laughs> That's my boy who said that. <laughs> But she wants the story of my life, James, so if you'll just uh, take a seat, perhaps after the program we can go down to the bakery and smell a bun together. <laughs> Very well, Junior. I shall retire to my bunk and listen to your bunk. <laughs> now, if I can just locate this young woman here, I'll, I'll be oh, well taken care of. you are, Mr. Moore. I've waited so long to meet you. What a thrill. Am I late? About 10 or 20 years. Well, oh, you're such a card. But I really want to know all about you, Mr. Moore. Uh, won't you tell us the story of your life? Oh, yes. Yeah. And the beautiful story it is. It was a happy event in the Moore household on the day that I arrived. My mother was so excited. Looked tenderly down at the little bundle in her arms. And with a gleam in her eyes, she ran through the window, threw it open, and shouted to all the neighbors, Everybody off the sidewalk! I'm going to jump! <laughs> Wasn't that sweet? But I grew as babies will, and two years later, I kissed my first girl. Your first kiss at the age of two? Well, it wasn't exactly a kiss. We were eating the same licorice stick, and I chewed past my half. <laughs> but it was a beginning, and at the age of three, I was married. Married? Mm -hmm. Well, that's ridiculous. Who ever advised you to get married at the age of three? Mr. Anthony, I guess he didn't understand my problem. <laughs> then, there I was. And the next big thing that happened in my life was my first day in school. Gee whiz, I'll never forget that first day. Teacher! Teacher! Look at what I brought. I brought a shiny red apple. A shiny red apple? Mm -hmm. Why, Garrison, wasn't that thoughtful? Yeah. Can I eat it now? <laughs> oh, but still I grew, and in spite of everything, I reached the age of 17. Oh, romantic age. Is that when you felt your first desire for the opposite sex? Well, I was 17, and one Saturday night, my best friend, Fatso, and I were, were, sta were standing on the corner. Hey, hey, Gary, come on, let's go shoot some pool. Nah, I don't want to shoot no pool. Let's get some girls. Look <laughs> at some girls. Girls, gee whiz, what, what do you want to do with girls? Shoot pool. <laughs> you see, I, I wasn't terribly bright. But I was bright enough to go to college, and so I did. But on my first year there, I developed eye trouble. Well, I don't know. Everything I looked at seemed indistinct and fuzzy. I worried about it, of course, but after five years, a kindly doctor gave me a prescription that made me see clearly again. What did the prescription say? Get a haircut. <laughs> I was so impressed that I decided then and there to study medicine myself. And after graduating, I locked myself in my laboratory and gave my life to research. I was going to become the greatest scientist of them all. I was going to discover what to do for the common cold. And at last I went out. I discovered it. Oh, 
warm and cold. <laughs> I don't know. It seems somehow that people already knew that. So I abandoned medicine in favor of a gayer life. Ah, yes. Soon I was on the radio and became a public figure. I could never attend a public gathering without being greeted by a great fanfare. <laughs> And now, young lady, now, young lady, I have come to Hollywood to triumph in pictures. Yes, you may report to your readers that I have been spotted by a talent scout and at this very moment signed to a long-term contract to work in the movies. Work in the movies? When do you start? As soon as I get my uniform and a flashlight. Thank you, my friends, but one of the pleasanter episodes in my life has been the acquaintance of a truly exciting gal, her nibs, Miss Gibbs. Oh, you're very generous, Mr. Moore. While most of my time is reserved for G.I. Joe, I'm planning this song in your direction, too. It's called, I Dream of You. Why, George, it is. My heart, my lips and see. 
lecture about farming, entitled... A cow is a silly animal because all that plumbing and no sink. Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did, you, did you ever spend any time on a farm? Junior, you must be joking. Why, not long ago, I was a handsome farm boy with a face full of freckles. Oh, really? What happened to your freckles? What's more important, what happened to my face? <laughs> well, Jimmy, haven't you heard? I've got a new job. You've got a new job, Junior? Well, yes, I've got a new job, Jimmy. Well, tell me, where is your new job located, Junior? Well, my new job is located on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. Your new job is located on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Junior? Yes, my new job is located on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. I only asked that guy a civil question. <laughs> But tell me, who is your new job with on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Junior? Why, my new job is with a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. Your new job is with a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey. Jimmy. <laughs> yes, my new job is with a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. I should never have ventured out to <laughs> But tell me, who do you wait for in your new job with a handy band of harvest hand on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Junior? Why, I work for a part-time potato picker and parsnip packer in a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. You wait for a part-time potato picker and parsnip packer in a handy hand of harvest hand on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Junior. <laughs> yes, I work for a part-time potato picker and parsnip packer in a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. I'll take this to the Supreme Court. <laughs> What do you do in your new job with a part-time potato pick with pasta pack with a handy hand of Harvard hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack and home over to Jersey, Junior? Why, I'm the refrigerator tomato crater and freighter operator for the part-time potato pick with pasta pack with a handy band of Harvard hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack and home over to New Jersey, Jimmy. You're the refrigerator tomato crater for a part-time potato pick with pasta pack with a handy hand of Harvard hands on a high hill overlooking a haystack and home over to New Junior, not New Jersey, Junior. Yes, I'm the refrigerator tomato critter and freighter operator for the part-time potato picker and pasta packer and a handy band of harvest hands on a high hill over the haystack in Hohokus, New Jersey, Jimmy. He'd never get away with this if Umbriago was here. <laughs> but tell me, can I help you in a new job as a refrigerator tomato critter and freighter operator for the part-time potato picker and pasta packer and a handy hand of New Jersey, Junior? <laughs> yes, you can be the fertilizer organizer for the refrigerator tomato picker. That's all, brother, that's all. Our association is null and void. <laughs> Jimmy, you mean you're not interested in the U.S. crop corps? I certainly am interested. I want to be the first one to plow you under. Look out. <laughs> Gone, life wasn't clear. Then all at once, the mist seemed to disappear. Now I know why I go walking round in a wonderful. There's a lot that I'm not conscious of, but this feeling I feel must be love. Now I 
why it's so, why I'm alive and I strive on a thrill. Here am I riding high on a bill. baton and climbs aboard a boggy arrangement of Mississippi Dreamboat.
Mr. Durrett. Good night, Arthur. Good night, everybody.